It has stood the test of time. God's book, the Bible, still relevant in today's complex world. It is written, sharing messages of hope around the world. Hello and thank you for joining us on It Is Written Canada. This morning we have a guest who's going to be talking to us about prayer and he's a missionary. His name is Jem Castor. And this morning we were having worship here and we were looking at prayer and the subject of prayer and it, it drew my attention to the psalm, Psalm chapter 5 verse 3 where it says, My voice shalt thou hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee and will look up. Jim, thank you so much for joining us on It Is Written Canada today. We are so honored to have you here because I know you are very, very busy. <laughs> and so thank you for being with us here today. And we are really looking forward to your series that you present called Absolute Reliance. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much once again for being here, Jim. Oh, thank you for having me. <laughs> mm -hmm. So some of the thoughts you were sharing with us this morning mm. were on uh, quote, a quote that Spurgeon, mm -hmm. Charles Spurgeon quoted of Martin Luther yes. and how that was an inspiration to you. Yes, uh, one of those quotes that really spoke to my heart is that Luther was so busy and yes. he said that he could not get through this, this crazy busy day without less than three hours of prayer. Hmm. Three hours. And it just blew my mind and all the while I thought that prayer is a waste of time. Mm. But he says here, but and he said that if you have time for secondary duties, mm -hmm. God has given us time for primary ones. And the line that really spoke to my heart, and the last line that says, if you do not forget your, oh, it says here, your other engagements yes. would run smoothly mm. if you do not forget your engagements with God. Mm. And that really spoke to my heart because most of the time we forget our engagement with God. We forget our time with God because we think that spending time with Him is a waste of time, but actually it is not. So how did you discover this? For yourself, did you, you know, you came into a Christian home and you were a very obedient child and your mother <laughs> taught you how to pray and you just, you've been praying all your life. <laughs> I wish I could say that. <laughs> I was, I was an obedient child, not because I want to obey. This is quite, uh, quite funny because my mom is quite strict. Okay. My mom, you know Filipino man. Mm -hmm. You have you have been uh, around a lot of Filipinos. Yeah. Yes. By the way, I'm a Filipino, so <laughs> if you could not tell. <laughs> and my mom, they call my mom a Hitler mom. Wow. Yeah. So I go to church because I'm not I'm not wanting my limbs to be broken. <laughs> <laughs> so my mom is quite uh, like you have to go and. No questions. Yes. So I go to church. I'm I'm a prayerful kid because uh, I want to. I want obedient. to please my mom. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so well, you, I yeah. guess your mom had to kind of be a Hitler mom because there were six of you, oh, weren't yes. there? And you're the youngest of six, so <laughs> she needed to be pretty strict, right? And you know what? I, I thank God for giving me a, a Hitler mom <laughs> because I don't know where will I be if I don't have a mom like that. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes when we are kids, we don't, we don't really know what we're, what we're choosing. Right. So I, I grew up in a church mostly with, with a form of being a Christian, but not really having Christ inside. 
I was I was looking outside with the church and looking at the other kids and thinking what life would be if if I enjoy my life right there partying right there outside so life was not for you in the church life was outside the church life was you know get out get out of here and and, and you dreamt about that you you thought about that it was is was that yes. the way you were thinking yeah i thought about that but at the same time i was practicing being a christian okay i was active don't get me wrong i was active i was a youth leader I even became the, our conference youth leader, leading wow. out thousands of young people. But people didn't know that deep inside, I had some struggles. I had, I had a longing. Mm -hmm. I, and my longing was not really for God. Mm. I had some longing for God, but not really sold out for the Lord. Mm. So I was, I was dreaming of something. There's this thought running in my head, like, what would be life if, what would be like, what would life would be if, if I spend it, not for the Lord, but fully for me. Yeah, mm. yeah. So that kind of reminds me of the parable of the lost coin. Mm. <laughs> so because the coin didn't know it was lost and it was yeah. inside the house, so it's mm. inside the church. So mm. really, Jim, you were lost yes. and you were inside the church mm. and you didn't realize that you were lost, yes. did you? You and thought you were saved because yeah. you were such a leader and mm. you were performing all the Christian duties that you were mm -hmm. taught to do, but it really doesn't sound like it was from the heart. Yes. I was, I was a hypocrite and I could call myself, I'm the prodigal coin. <laughs> <laughs> but then something happened. Like, uh, it's, it's quite a turnaround when, when I begin to hear testimonies after testimonies of people who have been moved by God. Mm. People have been used by God. And there's this beautiful verse in, uh, in Romans 10, verse 17, which says, so then faith cometh by hearing, mm. and hearing by the word of God. But then even if I heard those, those words, there's still doubt in my head. Are they really speaking the, the right story? Or maybe they are just trying to convince me to join them. And when missionaries tell their, their, their stories, mm -hmm. the thing that came to my head is like, uh, they're just, they're just fooling me. Right. It's it's not true. They did just want me to suffer with them. <laughs> so they were trying to persuade you in your mind. In my mind. And yeah. it was um, faith comes by hearing. You mm -hmm. had heard the word of God. Yeah. And it really hadn't changed you. Yeah. And so what was happening? How, how did that change come about? Because obviously there was a change mm. from how you felt before. Mm. There was a youth conference back then mm -hmm. and i was the one leading out in this youth conference wow. i'm the one organizing i'm the president of this youth conference but uh, deep inside mm -hmm. i was not really converted okay. and i guess uh, this is this is so true to to most of us inside a church so this speaker wonderful speaker was sharing this amazing stories faith stories after one another extreme powerful stories and then i looked at him and i said to myself why am I not having that experience? Mm. I want to have that experience. And then there was this call, and he gave this call. If you want to follow God, you have to follow him with all of your heart. That's the cost. All of your heart, you have to leave everything. And I'm thinking, oh, I don't want to leave everything. And he said, if you want to follow the Lord, then, then go at it, 100%, because you could not go on a half-hearted decision with God. Right. It, he said, the worst decision that you could make is to be half in the world mm -hmm. and half with the Lord. Mm -hmm. And that's what my life has been. 
mm-hmm. it's it's been like that. So when he made that call, I was just like my heart was being pierced and thinking, I don't want to let go, but I want to have that kind of life. Yes, mm-hmm. I want to have that kind of experience. So there was the Holy Spirit was working. Exactly. Yeah, and he was guiding you, but. Before that, you weren't really a Holy Spirit-led mm. Christian. You were, uh, I guess, this Paul talks about being carnally minded, mm. you know, being controlled by mm. the body, controlled by your own yeah. human sinful tendencies, mm. but thinking you're a Christian. Yeah. So would that describe how you were? Oh, yes. And uh, a carnal Christian or a cerebral Christian? Cerebral meaning your mind, so you just yeah. you think about it. So you're you're logical, mm-hmm. you're theoretical in your Christianity. Mm-hmm. You can give all the right answers, mm-hmm. but you're you're sort of like a car without an engine. Yes. Or maybe you're mm-hmm. riding in in your your sailboat and you're using your oars, <laughs> but you you don't have the sail up yes. and it's not catching the wind. No. Life was 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 heavy. I pretend to be happy. Mm. I'm happy. I'm a happy kid. I'm I'm a crazy go lucky kid. But deep inside, the moment you're alone in your room, mm. it's just like there's that emptiness. Yes. There's just this void. And when I saw that that man speaking, I was just like, I want to have that kind of life. And especially when he talked about this this missionary called George Mueller. Mm. And he talked about this guy who lived by faith and not by sight. Every time he, he needed something, he kneels down. He don't tell people about his need. He doesn't let them know any hint that he needed something. And just imagine, he has, he has an orphanage mm-hmm. and taking care of 100 kids. Mm-hmm. Just imagine that, not receiving any salary, not receiving any regular stipend. Mm-hmm. And he wants to prove to people because he lived in a time where almost nobody believed that there is a God who hears and answers prayer. Right. Mm-hmm. And when he passed away, 60 plus years of his ministry, when he passed away, they had a tally of every answer to his prayer. Mm. And, and they had a grand total of 7,250,000 US dollars worth of answer to his prayer. Wow. wow. If that will not get your attention, I don't know what will. <laughs> wow. Well, before we continue hearing more about George Mueller, we're going to take a break now and we're going to listen to a song called Be Like Jesus. Mm-hmm.
one thing about a song, and that is that, especially if it's a hymn, that is a prayer. To be like Jesus, this my song, in the home and in the throng, be like Jesus all day long. I would be like Jesus. Beautiful words. So, Jim, you were telling us about George Mueller, mm -hmm. and you mentioned something about orphanages. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us more about that? So when George Mueller passed away, they just discovered the Lord has been answering his prayer one after another, and it tallied to $7,250,000. So somehow that, that spoke to my heart like, wow, this is what happens when you take God seriously. He wasn't asking people for money. No. They no. were just sending it to him. No donation, yes. no solicitation campaign. He yeah. just asked the Lord, and the Lord moves the heart of his people. Mm -hmm. One by one, people will just come to him and, and give this. And you know what blows my mind even more mm -hmm. is that this story did not happen like 10 years ago. Yes. It happened in the 1800s. Yes. So when you convert the money now, it will amount to like more than 200 million US dollars. Wow. So he, mm. I, I understand something about George Mueller's story that it wasn't just one orphanage. Mm. He bought a number of buildings yes. and they were completely paid off. He mm -hmm. never had a debt. Yes. So he had these these five huge buildings mm -hmm. on a place called Ashley Down mm. and, and there was hundreds of children. Mm. So he didn't do all this taking care of the children by himself. No. No. So there's a lot of people who were were involved and and God is just the one who's providing everything yes. for this and the salaries everything was paid for yes the food oh sometimes they would pray for food yeah and they didn't have any food and, and someone would <laughs> knock on the door and and show up and, yeah. and they'd have all the food ready for them yes so that is amazing did you experience things like this oh before I experienced things like this the thing that came to my mind is that if this story is real yeah. then I, I have to ask God, if, if you are the same God, like George Mueller's God, mm -hmm. then I'll see if it's, if it's working right now. Because for me, God was not real before. Growing up, I, I know about God in theory, but not in practice. Right. So I even asked God, if you want me to be a missionary, then I'll, I'll try if this life works right now in, in this 20th century. And I said to, to God, if you want me to be a missionary, I will not receive any salary. I will not receive any stipend. I will only depend upon you and, and see if it works. Wow, that is a prayer of faith. Mm. Oh, it's not my faith. It's not my faith. How it's, did you feel? Were you scared? I was scared. I was a scared little Filipino <laughs> going forward. I could not, and I'm thinking, I could not do this on my own. And the, the fact that I'm, I'm a business graduate, okay. when you're into business, you you calculate everything. You yes. calculate the risk and all, and and the risk is too much, mm -hmm. especially going out without without salary and all. And by the way, during this time, I was still a, a photographer. Mm -hmm. I had a business, and gradually the Lord moved me into this missionary field, and the Lord closed down my mission. Not my mission. And the Lord closed down my business, mm -hmm. and when the Lord closed down my business, and I I gave God a try okay, so what do you want me to do? And for the past nine years, hmm. I have no salary, no stipend, but God has been bringing me from place to place to place. Yes. And from mission to mission. You have been traveling <laughs> all over the world, literally, <laughs> and uh, you didn't have you, have, you have no guaranteed salary. Mm -hmm. How do you do that? Can you give us yeah. an example of how God <laughs> yeah. 
provided for you, like the just the way, yeah, just the provision that he made. Uh, uh, one of, yeah, just give us an example. Okay, so I could think of one because when people ask me, when they tell me, when I tell them I'm a missionary, and the next thing that they ask is, so where is your mission field? And I told them I actually don't have, don't have a regular mission field. I said that's weird. You're a missionary and you don't have a mission field. So how does how does that work? And I tell them when I'm in Asia, the Lord brings me to one country after another almost every week, almost every month. And right now it's almost every week. And when I'm in the US, it's almost every week I go to different states. And they said, so how is that possible? And I said, I come to the Lord, I pray to Him, and I, I tell Him, if it's your will for me to go to these places that invites me, then you have to provide. I will not tell people about my need. I'll only tell you. And a few hours later, sometimes a few days later, I will receive a phone call. Mm -hmm. And the phone call will go like this. Hey, Jem, are you going somewhere? And, and most of it are long distance call. I'm thinking, that's weird. I didn't tell anyone. Oh, people are calling me. <laughs> and then I, I'll tell them, how did you know? And then they'll tell me, I was asleep last night and the Lord woke me up. And I could not go back to bed until I resolved to give you a call the next morning. So where are you going? And I'll tell them, I'll go to Malaysia, Indonesia, and then, they said, okay, consider your tickets bought. Yes, <laughs> wow. I, I know for myself, I had heard something about your story. I heard that you mm. were talking at a certain church, uh, actually in Tennessee, mm. and, uh, and I was living in British Columbia at the time. Mm. And so I prayed to the Lord and I said, if you want me to talk to Jim, let our paths cross. <laughs> and it wasn't too much later, a few months later, I, was, I met you in Ottawa. Mm. And I said to you, would you come and talk with us on It Is Written Canada? And you said, yes, I will be there. And then last week you were in? Last week I was in Fountain View Academy. In British Columbia. British Columbia. And the week yeah. before that? A week before that. I'm losing track now. Yeah. I was in Tennessee. Tennessee, okay. <laughs> A week before that, I was in uh, Silver Spring, Maryland. A week before that, I was in Walla Walla. <laughs> And next week you're going to be in Cambodia or? I will be in Cambodia. Okay. Yeah. So God is leading you mm. and you're not afraid anymore. Of all the things that I have seen, of all the evidence that I have, that I have seen what God can do, yes. it's just like an insult to, to be scared. It's an insult to, to somehow to doubt. Yes. Be, being scared is normal. And for me, I guess being scared, having that fear sometimes will somehow remind me, hey, do not forget to lean yeah. on the Lord yeah. who has brought you thus far. Mm -hmm. Yes. So many times in the scriptures, the Lord says, do not be afraid, right? Mm. Fear not. Mm. And he repeats that over and over again. Yes. Yeah. It's so inspiring and encouraging mm. just to listen to you because it sounds like God is your secretary and your <laughs> event planner yeah. and your organizer and he's scheduling all your appointments for you and you just letting him do mm. it that's so encouraging and so inspirational you are so true in that and i discovered that god is the best planner God is the best travel agent. <laughs> he could schedule things that you could not think about. And I remember one time when my, when my sister asked me, this was the first year of me being a missionary. And it's quite, uh, it's quite scary at first because I don't know what, after the, that mission trip, I don't know where I'm gonna go. Well, I'm gonna go, I mean. And then my sister asked me, hey, are you gonna take this, this mission work seriously? And I'm thinking, am I not that taking this seriously? 
I said, what do you mean? And she said, at least pick a mission field and stay there so that you'll have security, so that you'll have, you'll have a, a place to, uh, to somehow to grow. And what if you'll have a family later on? How could you support them? And, and then it scared me, I'm thinking, oh no, I could not even take care of a goldfish, how much more of a wife? <laughs> <laughs> so, so it scared me and I, I somehow came to the Lord and asked him, Lord, so what should I do? Should I accept, uh, should I accept the offers that, uh, that was given to me? Should I apply? And the Lord was silent. Mm -hmm. And then I realized, and this is one thing I learned, the Lord is silent because I talk too much. Mm. And I learned this beautiful verse, Psalm 46 verse 10, which says, be still and know that I am God. My translation for that is, this is Jem's version. Be still, I am God, you are not, so shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so I shut up, and the moment I shut up, and it's so amazing when we are being still in the presence of God. Yeah. And the Lord just reminded me, who took care of you for the past year? Mm. Who took care of all those trips? of how you were led from one place to another. And I said, okay, Lord, I give this to you. I surrendered it. Mm. And the moment I surrendered it, I had peace. Yeah. And you know what's the most amazing thing? The moment I said I surrender this, a day after, I received phone call, I received email, I received text messages inviting me to go from this place to that place to that place. My whole three months were booked. Wow. The yeah. moment I gave that to the Lord. And after the three months, I learned something and I said, Lord, now I learned something. Yeah. I'm going to give it to you. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we said to the Lord, I'm going to give it to you. Yes. But we're not really giving it all. We're just holding something. We're holding yeah, something. Hold. But God is so patient. Yeah. After the three months, He showed me. He booked me for another six months. Mm. After that six months, fully booked for six months every single week. After that six months, I mm. said to the Lord, I learned my lesson. I will not put my finger in any of your plans. And the Lord booked me a year and a quarter in advance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what can we say? <laughs> so you are a man who has taken God at his word. Mm -hmm. um, is it something unusual or can God do this for anyone? Oh, I could. I could definitely say that this is what God desires for, for anyone. Yeah. For me, I'm scared doing this. And I'm not doing this because I'm courageous. I'm not doing this because my faith is so strong. I'm doing this only by the grace of God. Yeah. It's only by His grace. Yeah. So His grace is sufficient for all of us. Mm -hmm. So you're, you are saying to all of us that it is possible for any human being to live the kind of life you're living. Oh, very possible. Mm -hmm. If God calls you yes. for this for this kind of life, mm -hmm. it's the God who calls you that will sustain you, Amen. who will supply your need. And who is our God? Yes. A powerful God, an amazing God, yes. and a faithful God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, Jem, we've come to the end of our time, but I would like you to close off with prayer for us. Can you do that for us? I will gladly do it. Okay. Let's bow our heads. Our dear God, loving Heavenly Father, Lord, we praise you and we thank you because you are such an amazing, a powerful, and a faithful God. Mm -hmm. Lord, I ask that you please uh, convict our hearts, that we'll give you a chance in our hearts, in our lives. We'll let you lead our lives, O oh Lord. Dear Father, I pray that you please pour your spirit upon us and be with all of us here, and especially to all our viewers, our listeners, 
may you draw them closer and closer to you. And may we see who is this God that we serve. Mm -hmm. An amazing God, an awesome God. Teach us, Lord, how to be like Jesus. We ask this in the loving name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jem. So friends, if you've been touched by Jem's story, and I certainly have, he was talking about certainty and the fact that he didn't have that certainty. And so our offer today for you, and it's free, you can just call in the information's on the screen for this little booklet, Certainty in an Uncertain World. And very, very helpful, I think, just to, to know that you can be certain, you can be decisive, and you can trust God, you can trust His promises, and you can trust His Word. And uh, if you would like us to pray for you as well, you can call the number on the screen. So, Jim, thank you once again for joining us, and we are looking forward to spending more time with you next week as you share more of your experience and God's faithfulness. Thanks once again for joining us on Eddie's Written Canada. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jem. So friends, I just wanna leave with you again the words of Jesus, where he told us that it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Friends, thank you for remembering that Eddie's Written Canada exists because of the kindness of people like you. To support this life-changing ministry, please call us now at 1-888-225-5449. You can also send your tax-deductible gifts to the address on the screen, or you can visit us online at ediswrittencanada.ca. And we will do everything we can to maximize your gift. For example, a gift of $5 is enough for one episode to be broadcasted to 50 households across Canada. Or a gift of $10 is enough to reach five individuals with five heart-changing Bible lessons. Friends, thank you so much for your financial support and your prayers. Our number again is 1-888-225-5449 or you can visit us online at ediswrittencanada.ca. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to watch a video of this podcast, please visit iiw.ca. Or you can go to IIW Canada YouTube and click on the videos tab. Once again, thank you so much for listening.